You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Happy Saturday, Oklahoma City. It is The Soccer Show here on 1077 The Franchise, brought to you as always by Oklahoma City FC. And the Broadway Clinic, Ryan Chapman, alongside Todd Lizenby. And we are actually alongside each other for the first time in a long time. After some closed doors matches, uh, we had been reprimanded for our behavior, acting fool in the stands. Todd and I are back in the same room, which is probably uh, good in some instances and bad once we start talking about the Champions League draw. Yeah, a little. Uh, it's a little um, strange to be back in here on a Saturday morning. It's also strange because we have already done daylight savings time. They have not Correct. in the UK, so we are at the start of these matches. We're usually we're in the second half of these matches during the show. They're starting at 10 a.m. Oklahoma time. We do have uh, some action just underway. We've got uh, FA Cup action going on tomorrow as well. Obviously, we had the Champions League midweek. Not any big surprises there, but we did have the Champions League draw on Friday, which I'm sure turned a lot of heads. It did. It did. We're going to talk about that at the bottom of the hour. But before we can even get this bad boy going, we've got goals, goals, goals. It looks like Douglas Luiz just fired one in for Aston Villa. That will give Villa a 1-0 lead over Bournemouth. Jack Harrison appears to have scored. Big goal for the relegation battle. Yeah. Jack Harrison appears to have scored, and then that looks like it has been taken off the board in Leeds Wolves. Sorry, I was late. No, you're good. On the fly producing. I forgot On this week I was going to get the, the three-whistle VAR sound. Yes. <laughs> so, no goal. Uh, and and that I've got Villa and Bournemouth up in front of me. Obviously, Spurs and Southampton's on the telly. I don't have eyes on the actual action with Wolves and Leeds. Hey, so what? Why don't I put eyes on that? So yeah, we'll have so them all I, covered. I am purely going off of... Is that a Peacock operation? Uh, it is. It is okay. indeed. It is on... I can't say the nickname for it that I used in my group chat. I almost did, and we almost had to have Maddie Goldfish. You can say it. We're talking about... Lovely we're, producer. Ta- we're talking it's on about the Peacocks. It's, it's on, on the, the cock. It's on the cock. That is how we take in our Premier League action on Peacock, of course, the lovely streaming service todd we gather as opposed to champions league which is on the mount correct correct it is uh <laughs> purely on the shoulders of mason mount uh, if you're a chelsea fan uh, though not these days uh in the midweek todd remember reminder to everyone on tuesdays todd and i now get together it's not a show that airs on franchise airwaves but if you search the soccer show on spotify or apple podcasts you can find our extra show our bonus show stoppage time it's kind of a mixed bag on if we want to k- talk about off-the-field stuff or kind of recap the weekend. This past week, we had more Greg Berhalter drama. We had more drama in Spain, and we talked a little Ted Lasso. So we did not recap last week's fixtures, which leaves us with, frankly, coming into it, it was not a very sexy slate last weekend. It was not. But was not. there were still moments that delivered, namely uh, in in the negative way for a couple of teams fighting for top four spots. You want to start with Bournemouth and Liverpool or United and Southampton? Uh, let's start with Bournemouth-Liverpool since that was the first one chronologically. Yes, yes. so back on Saturday morning Bournemouth, early. the Cherries, coming off a huge result against Chelsea in their recent past, going up against Liverpool. Liverpool had 
absolutely annihilated Man United. We had we had done a lot of talking about, hey, does that mean that they're going to be able to get things back up and running? Is this an aberration? What's going on? Well, Bournemouth gets the early lead, 1-0. Liverpool kind of struggled to create at times in that match. It's one thing if Liverpool were just pelting the goal and just couldn't buy one, but I was a little concerned with um, it wasn't like it was lack just, of creation. Yeah, it wasn't like it was. Oh my gosh, Liverpool can't find the find the net. It, it was just a matter of I was like, there should be more shots coming in. But they did have a big magical moment. Mo Salah stepped up to the penalty spot. You thought if nothing else, <laughs> it was magical, all right. If nothing else, Mo Salah is going to bury a penalty, maybe put some wind in Liverpool's sails. At the worst, they would salvage a point. Mo Salah channeled his best Miami Hurricanes field goal kicker and said. I'm going to smash that bad boy as far to the left as possible. And uh, I-, I can confirm it did land this morning, Todd. I think it ended up in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the sound effect would be a boo. Correct. One of those deals for Mo Salah's penalty. Uh, it w- you know, it reminded me of, and, and Liverpool and City are both, they're similar. They definitely have a different type of uh, possession-based style. Liverpool is way much more pressing than Manchester City is. They're not quite as much possession. They're more straightforward in a the lot, way that they attack. A lot more teeth, both in the technical area and leading the attack with yeah, Bobby Firmino. That's true. That is true. Uh, but Liverpool looked a lot like City do at times when they struggle of just, there's there's all the, there's a phrase that Brian Davis used to use, the old Thunder announcer, which is... Uh, not that phrase. It's a No, not that one. It's a million-dollar move and a 10-cent finish. Right, and that's what Liverpool felt like. It was million dollar build up. It was million dollar possession. They were doing everything right. There was just not that final piece, which is so important in soccer, and it wasn't there for Liverpool. And it just felt like they were off. And we've seen that like more recently. Most recently, I can think of Man City against Nottingham Forest. We were sitting here watching that day, and we were like, they're up one nil, but they're just off. They're going to let Nottingham Forest hang around and and maybe nick a goal back, and they did. And it with Liverpool. They had their chance to score on the pin. They didn't take it, and then Bournemouth took big advantage. And Bournemouth, listen, credit to the Cherries. They're yes. down in the relegation fight. They took it to Arsenal. They lost on the last kick of the match. They went and won against Liverpool. I mean, they, they have the gotten some results. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. They've gotten some results against some big clubs here recently. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that relegation fight uh, here on the other side. As There was a sacking in the Premier League. We'll get to that. Love a sack. At the end of all these fixtures. That le- goal for Leeds, by the way, after it looked like a lengthy review, uh, stood. Yep, and Wolves had a penalty shout as well so. uh, in the box that was... Looked like a pen to me, but it wasn't given. So to recap, we've got Villa 1-0 over Bournemouth about 11 minutes in, and we've got Leeds 1-0 over Wolves. Uh, To your point, Todd, I think we've seen this a lot over the past three to four seasons, going back to Liverpool. Um, With the, the, the modern style, right, of dominant possession, a ton of build up play, stuff like that, there have been times where I, I think all of these teams, whether it be Spurs, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, it looks really pretty, but it feels like they're waiting for the perfect, like, and we found somebody at the back post and they can just dribble it in. There's right, not that creative right. touch. And that's really been the difference that separated City and Liverpool, I feel like, from the rest of the pack, among other things, is is that it it doesn't always feel like like they play the beautiful, really expansive style, but also you have the individual moments of creativity that lead to spectacular goals. That's kind of what I feel like is missing in some of the teams that end up finishing fourth as opposed to actually challenging for the title. And I mean, just, I think Arsenal got kind of 
tucked into that for about a decade yeah. under Vanger. Yeah, they were trying Absolutely. to pass the ball into the net, and it was like, take a shot, let yeah. let it rip, like see what happens. It was you like know? for every beautiful like Jack Wilshire finished off team move that you watch on YouTube forever. You had ten matches that finished where you probably should if you just whacked it in there a couple of times right. maybe something good happens and and that felt like what Liverpool was just on across 90 minutes last weekend uh Spurs were good they they beat Forest three to one City beat Palace one nil they were not good they were not good and looked that, good midweek though that they did look good <laughs> midweek uh and and I think that City being just not very good and Palace unable to register a shot that ended up helping sure, Patrick Vieira sure. on the way out the door Arsenal three nil to Fulham we're going to have to have an Arsenal conversation when we talk about the European draws at the bottom of the hour because they either... It feels like my group chats are split. Arsenal either won the title by crashing out of the Europa League or it is such a mental right. blow in the manner that it happened that City are going to be back and firing. So we'll get into that. Look at this. It is just lashing down. Oh, my gosh. At, it is. And Wolverhampton. It is. Poor. Well, the best part is that when you... So when, when you go wide view, it looks sunny, when they, doesn't it? When they go wide view, it's like, yeah, okay, everyone's a little damp and it's sunny. And then they, like, in the shade, do the tight shot on the players in the penalty box. And Look at that like, goldfish. And it is just a monsoon <laughs> in the tight shot. So uh, very, very it interesting. just lashing it down, Very interesting going on there. Uh, the other kind of uh, – sorry, there were two – Eyebrow-raising results out, outside the Liverpool-Bournemouth one. Just quickly, Chelsea scored not one, two, but three goals in one Right, match. what's happened to them? That's a minor miracle. Graham Potter, manager of the year. They had... Manager of the month for <sighs> March, Graham Potter. Let's all lay off the sauce <laughs> a little bit, please. Um, so that was just stunning in the fact that without Reese James, Chelsea scored not just one goal, but three. Holy crap, what's that like? Then the other shocker was United and Southampton, another team fighting off relegation in Southampton, able to grab a point off of United. Um, Probably disappointed they didn't get all three yeah. for how long they had the man advantage. Yeah, and just... Casemiro seeing red again. And just a... For me, that was not, like, malicious. It was just a... It's a dumb. It was just a, a dumb poor, tackle. Poorly timed and no reason. And, yes. And, and that that's not what you expect from a guy that has won as much and played as much as Casemiro. Well, it reminds me of, like, targeting in football. There's the, okay, you can tell he tried to take that guy's head off versus he's just an idiot and lowered his head and didn't pay attention, right? I mean, yeah. both are targeting, both are, are ejection-worthy in college football, but they're different than each other. I don't think Casemiro went in trying to, you know, go studs first at the clumsy. shins of the, of the uh, Southampton player. I don't even remember who he fouled, but still, it was, it was clumsy. He went over the ball. You can't go in with two feet like that. You can't go over the ball. And the, again, I think the most frustrating thing is just like of all the people on the pitch, he should have known better. Right, right. Yeah, like he he's got all the experience. He should have known better. And United were probably going to be fine in the build oh, up. We got of a that. chance here in this Spurs. Oh, sent over the top. To the, Sorry, to I the need to get like a. Wah, 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 <laughs> there is over there. Do you know how to use the instant replay machine on the left? Come teach me in the break. Okay, we'll beautiful, do. beautiful. We can find you one. Uh, in the midweek, Brighton beat Palace one nil. Not a really exciting game. I think the most important thing is that was the last nail in the Patrick Vieira coffin that we're going to talk about here in a second. Brentford two 0 winners over Southampton, and then yesterday Newcastle survives a scare from Forest two one to Newcastle. There, Todd. Anything big overarching from from those games? Or you just want to hop on to the Vieira. Oh, I mean, I, nothing too crazy. Like you said, the um, the relegation battle is just kind of crazy right now. Yeah, I mean, there, you have 
literally from Crystal Palace in 12th to Southampton in 20th, they're four points yeah. separating nine spots, which is kind of amazing, actually. A couple, uh, you know, two Tuesdays ago on stoppage time, which again, head over to Spotify. You know the first team just above the relegation? Is it Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're safe. We're not going down. You were mentioning Spotify. Sorry. That's, that's on you. Uh, two stoppage times ago, which again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just search the soccer show, subscribe, you'll get all those. We kind of went over the, the mid-table battle. I think on the other side, we're going to dive into Palace's decision to, to send Vieira out the door and, and kind of how this relegation battle is shaping up because we are getting down to... We've got one international break, and then it'll really kind of start to be the home stretch of this season. And, and like you said, there are way more teams in this relegation battle this year than normal. And then also, before we get out, we'll touch on a little nugget, a U.S. men's national team manager rumor that I found interesting, not surrounding Burhalter and that mess. We've already talked about that, but we will dive into all that and more. Coming up on the other side here on the Soccer Show, 107.7 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. The Soccer Show is on Twitter. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 1077. Welcome back. You're listening to The Soccer Show here on 1077 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan Chapman alongside Todd Lizenby, as always. Matty Goldfish, Matt Goldbranson doing a phenomenal job keeping us on air, doing all the things behind the scenes to make this sound good. No goals during the break, although we do have our new sounder for if there's a miss, right, Matty Goldfish? He's got it. He's got it up and running. He- yeah. Now I just need the little... Uh, Bob Barker mic, and we'll be good. We'll be good. Uh, <laughs> we need any sort of mic in here on this side would, of the studio. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> Agreed. Be phenomenal. Agreed all around. <laughs> we uh, In the break, we had some phenomenal discussions on how to get sauces at your local... Yeah, uh, you know, all the important soccer stuff. So that'll be coming to you during a summer episode uh, when transfer rumors are dry. But we don't need to utilize any of that. Plenty of fodder as always. Hey, there is some breaking sports news I just want to throw out there real quick. Uh, It is just being reported that Bill Self will not coach today for Kansas. So I know a lot of people are driving around, probably have their brackets in mind. Uh, Speaking of brackets, how's your FA Cup bracket looking? Grimsby Town is the yeah, fairly Dickinson of the FA Cup, aren't they? Yeah, it's not going well. Although I heard that Grimsby Town walked in. They're like, hey, don't let Purdue hear this. Don't let Purdue hear right, this. But I think we've got right, a shot. Right, right, right. Justice for basketball! <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to get into a big conversation about the relegation battle. Obviously kind of couched around Crystal Palace and the move that they made. But real quick, before we dive into that, I don't really know where else to slide this in the show. So second segment, welcome. There was a fun rumor surrounding the U.S. men's national team this week. It was not the burhalter Reyna continued drama. Shout out to Christian Pulisic for basically coming out and saying, WTF, Reynas, chill. You're acting like kids to the parents, not Gio, uh, which I appreciate it. But the rumor I, of course, am speaking of, Tiari Henry is yes, rumored to be like interested it. in the job. So, Todd, you and I have talked a ton about... <laughs> Listen, I'll say it, it because I know you're thinking it. I hope he brings Kate Abdo with him as yes. an assistant. <laughs> a thousand percent, yes. 
hope um, he does. So you and I have talked a lot about the profile of who we would like to see as the next U.S. Men's National Team manager. It's really hard to throw a ton of names out there just because you never know who's willing to take three years off from club football. Um, you and I both, I think, are in agreement that we would like to see someone that brings a little bit more... It's a little more tactically adept and has and has a, a, just some more impressive stops on his CV than Greg Berhalter had right. coming in, which would rule out some MLS names. Thierry Henry is really interesting because he had spent a lot of time with the Belgian setup that was, for Belgian standards, very successful, but on the balance of how much talent they had, they haven't won that trophy that they probably should have with the golden generation that they've had. He was never the head man, right? That was always Roberto Martinez. Um, I find this to be really interesting because that's like a big sexy name, right? I think the players would perk up a little bit, go, wait, Thierry Henry is going to be our coach. Um, and, and so I've kind of gone back and forth on this because he fundamentally does not fit the profile that, sure. that I had in mind, which is an actual coach who has a ton of tactical experience that could, that could help, you know, make the U.S. men's national team more of a tactical nightmare to deal with. Headed into our home World Cup, I think in name and name alone, though he'd be a lot more respected a coach than he the would. U.S. has ever had. Yeah, he w- absolutely. And so it, I don't it, know what that means. I don't it, know how that translates to results on the pitch. But it, yeah, I think it, that'd be true. It's kind of the the weird, you know, double edged sword of the U.S. program, right? Is that whoever they get probably should be the biggest name that the U.S. soccer has ever had at the helm, but. That's grading on a curve. It's not, it's not like you've got just Hall of Famer after sure. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer that's well-respected in Bayern Munich training room or dressing rooms in Man City or anything like that. And so I just found it kind of interesting when that rumor was kind of tossed out there. I'd be down with it. I, I think that uh, it, it would be an interesting change. It's just not exactly what I had in mind when, when I was putting together just the profile of what I was looking for. It would be it would win the press conference. It would. Right? I don't know that it wins matches. But it I would do be a th- great I do marketing think move as well. It would be a great marketing move. But I do also think, and there is some truth to this, like you said, he has been around a national team. It's not like he's coming in just, oh, he's only an ex-player. Right? He has a had an experience. Successful ex-player. Right. Right. He has had an experience with the World Cup cycle. Now you can also argue for Belgium, it wasn't the best World Cup cycle, right. this last one, right? So, and even, I don't know how much that experience means, but he has done it. I th- it's not was, like, for example, it's not like with, um, I remember when Houston hired Clyde Drexler. Right. That's a little bit different than somebody hiring, uh, you know, or like Memphis hiring Penny Hardaway. Or the Georgetown Patrick Ewing. Georgetown right. Patrick Ewing, right. But there are also ex-players like Nate McMillan, for example, who worked as an assistant for years and years and years and worked his way up. I think Henri's kind of in between. He ha- he doesn't have years and years and years of experience. He doesn't have club managerial experience. He's got national team managerial experience. I don't even know how big his role was right. and, with Belgium, but it is an interesting rumor for sure, just on name alone. And that's really the big question is just the, I, I get why Thierry Henry would be interested because it's not a club job. It's not the day-to-day club grind. We we just don't know what he would be as the face of the manager. So it'd be interesting. I still interesting. think Bob Stoop should get the job. That'd be great. Uh, well, you have to pry him out of Tallahassee's cold, <laughs> dead hands. I do, I do want to throw out one more thing real quick, just so I want to shimmy into this segment, because I did see this earlier this week. We I just retweeted it this morning from the Soccer Show account. The Oklahoma City FC schedule is out for this summer. Yes. So go check that out. Follow them at Oklahoma City FC uh, on Twitter. Uh, they've got eight matches. It starts on June the 3rd. Four matches at home. You can get ticket info there. You can get schedule info there. Go follow them on Twitter at Oklahoma City FC. Obviously, sponsor of this show. Not only that, but 
a great opportunity for you to go watch some proper football during the summertime. Really good quality football, too. We should all go to a game. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to one of the ones here in Oklahoma. Yeah, Yeah. last year, uh, Ryan and I did some play-by-play for them, and I think we'll be doing that again this year on some of their internet streams. Awesome. Well, I might tag along with you guys Yeah, you're more than welcome to come out and be the spotter. No, I'm down. For sure. Absolutely. That is always a ton of fun. Looking forward to that firing up this summer. All right, Todd, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but we did have a manager get the sack. Patrick Vieira at Crystal Palace, which is just kind of a, a weird juxtaposition to where Palace were last year. And Patrick Vieira, everyone was very stoked about him. Uh, they've been on a run of, I believe it's up to 11 games winless. There was like four of those games in a row where they just didn't even register a shot on goal. Vieira, another ex stud player who yeah. did actually go be an assistant. Worked at Man City for a long time as worked part of at, their youth program. Worked at Man City and then went and over New and York conquered City the MLS. That's right. and, That's then, right. and then uh, I forget where his stop in between NYCFC and Crystal Palace was. But um, yeah, the big issue there was that Palace couldn't score goals. They're, they've been over-reliant on Wilfred Zaha for a really long time. And I think that Palace were trying to make this move happen here so that that would give them a little bit of time with the international break to bring someone in because they are still in a relegation scrap. You might look at them in the table and be like, oh, they're in 12th. They should be safe. Well, Palace Wolves, they're both tied for 12th. Palace is ahead on goal difference. They're sitting on 27 points. If you look all the way at the bottom of the table, Southampton's on 22 points. Right. Southampton is two good weeks away from being in 12th, basically. Sure, sure. And, and that and just Crystal Palace you, is two bad weeks away yeah. from being in 20th. And so right now, if the season ended today, before this round of matches started, Bournemouth leads and Southampton would get the drop. Other teams that are in danger, West Ham's in 17th, Leicester in 16th, I'm going up. Everton, then Forest, then Wolves, and Palace. Todd, this is one of the more interesting and, and riveting relegation battles we've had in a long time just because we're not sifting through four or five teams. This is quite literally 12th all the way down in the table and not comparing schedules and here's the run-in and things like that, but you look at it, Bournemouth and Southampton currently are in the drop zone, but they've played better the last couple of weeks uh, I'm just kind of curious of, of how you see this race shaping out as some teams will only have 10 Premier League games left after this weekend's games. Yeah, I mean, I, I from a personal standpoint, I'm pulling for Everton just because I have a friend of mine that's a really big Evertonian. Right. Uh, I, I say that like he's from there. He's a fan of Everton. But, he and, really, and I, really likes Toffee. And, you know, he and, he and his brother both chose kind of interesting Premier League teams to follow. He's an Everton fan, and his brother's an Aston Villa fan. So his, his older brother went through the process of being relegated down to the championship here recently and coming back up. And, and I mean, Leeds are the, are the poster child for how tough it is to get back up after you get relegated. And I know they went all the way down to League One. Yeah. But Leeds are the poster child for just, just because you're a big club doesn't mean you're going to bounce right back up. So I kind of want to see Everton do well. It would be crazy if Leicester get relegated. They would be the first Premier League champions in my lifetime to get relegated. I yeah. know Blackburn did, but I didn't really follow the Premier League back right. then. Um, so they would be the first champs to get relegated. I, I, You know, just watching week in and week out, I think Southampton are going down. Yeah, I just don't think they have... They can't score goals. I mean, I, they couldn't score goals against 10-man United last week. They just can't score goals. He, and then I here's I, the really bad thing for Southampton is usually in a relegation scrap, having something like a James Ward Prowse who's gonna get you a ton of goals that you don't have 
Like, it, it doesn't show up in the expected goals because he's just banging in free kicks left, right, and center. That's usually enough, right, to be that extra boost of, hey, a bunch of these teams are struggling to score goals, and if you've got that in your back pocket, you can make it happen. That's what's really concerning for me, that they're still all the way down there when that's happening. I think that uh, if you're not a fan of any of these teams, but you're a fan of one of the bigger clubs, I think there's some people in the uh, recruitment structure that would be stoked to try and cut a deal on Lavia with if Southampton do go down as far as kind of that they've got pieces they can sell off that I think will help fund a championship rally for Southampton. It's just really interesting. I, I worry a ton about Bournemouth, Southampton, and I know that they're still up there, right? As far as points and things like that. But when you look at, Everton and Wolves who just can't score goals right now and I know Wolves have a little bit of a cushion I, I just don't see like a, a huge hey Wolves are going to string together two wins that you didn't expect or, or things like that and I wonder if they have enough cushion already on, at that 27 points but I, I just really worry about the teams that can't score goals that means that your surprise results are draws instead of wins and those two points can be killer. I think when you look at the bottom of the table, I and you can almost do this year in and year out, and it almost always works out this way. Look at who scores goals on set pieces. Because that's where teams get, like you mentioned, whether it's a free kick or a corner kick, um, if you can score goals on set pieces and then set up shop and defend, you can hang around in a relegation fight. Well, right now you look in the Premier League, I'm going to give you the bottom five in set piece goals. Okay. Everton, five. West Ham, four. Brighton, three, which is a little bit surprising to me. Manchester United, three. Dead last is Wolverhampton with three. And so, I, you know, I know that right now, just as far as the standings go, Wolves are in 13th, but that doesn't... They also have, you know, two games in hand on... Uh, or not two games in hand. They've played two more matches than West Ham have. They've played one more match than basically everyone else in the relegation hunt right now. So it's, I think Wolves are a team to keep an eye on to maybe fall into the bottom three. I, you know, and right I now, hate saying this, but like West Ham, I think are in trouble too. Yeah. And that's, we speak of recruitment teams going, Oh, you just got relegated. Declan Rice. Right. That's 20 right. less million. And Oh, by the way, you're going to play in the championship in the London stadium. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. Good luck with that. You're going to have to scale back the bubble budget for sure. Wolves are trailing one. Oh, one nil at Leeds right now. Um, or sorry, they're hosting Leeds against Leeds. Here's the other thing for Wolves: they've still got to play Chelsea. They've still got to play Arsenal again. They've still got to play United again. They've still got to play Brighton again. They still got to play Brentford again. It's not a glossy run in. There's no real easy oh, run. We have a goal. Oh, we've got one. We have a goal. We have a goal. Uh, Brentford take a 1-0 lead over Leicester City. Not good for Braj. Not Brendan good Rogers. for Brendan Rodgers. Not Rogers. good for Brendan Rodgers, right. but Brentford have been... Jensen, the goal scorer, 32nd minute for the... What are they, the Bees? Yes. Brentford, the Bees? They're buzzing. They are buzzing. I still have not gotten in trouble for the uh, other one, so we're just going to let that one live in infamy. Shout out to Forrest Bennett, who caught that, texted to me, made me very, very happy from a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. We've got a fun title fight at the top. We've got a really, really intriguing top four battle. And we've got a massive, massive relegation fight. <laughs> it's going to be a fun t 
10 to 12 games ish here, depending on how many games in hand you've got and all that stuff as Son almost lashes one wide, almost lasered it for Spurs. We uh, we did have we did have a worldy midweek in the Europa League. We did. We will get Uh, into that. And uh, the Champions League draw is pretty amazing. We had a nearly a double hat trick. Uh, I don't. Is there an actual term for that, or is it just two (laughs) hat tricks? We'll just call it a Holland. That's what we'll call it. If you get a double hat trick, we'll call it a Holland. And the draw is out. And it's juicy. That's a moray, baby. More of the soccer show brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic coming up after this. You're listening to the soccer show brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Last little bit of the soccer show here on 1077 The Franchise. As Big Voice Guy said, Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Shout out to our lovely sponsors. If you miss any of the show, don't worry. It'll be podcasted. Uh, FranchiseOK.com on the website there, or just search the soccer show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll pop up there for you. Todd, you want to get into Europe real quick? Let's do it. Love Europe. We uh, we had never been there, but love it. We <laughs> had a couple of midweek fixtures in the Champions League that were. Neither one of them were very entertaining for, from different perspectives. One of them was a ton of goals, which is a ton of fun to see from City, although it was a 7-0 thrashing. So on the balance of drama or things like that, we didn't really get that there. Uh, on the other side, Inter... Dude, that was amazing. The end of that match yes. between Inter and Benfica was amazing. Well, it was Porto. Porto, my bad. Yeah. Sorry, I always get them confused. Same. Uh, Inter and Porto was amazing. Porto... Hit the hit the post, hit the crossbar, like, what, three times yeah, in the last like, five minutes? It was one of those where the first 75 minutes of it was very, very dreary because that right. Inter was just trying to kind of... You, they were, I'll give you credit. We had our midweek pod, and it went exactly like you said it yeah, would. Yeah, Inter... I, I just figured Inter, they'd set up... I, I liken them to, like, a boa constrictor, right? That if they get a goal or anything like that, yes, they'd obviously like to score, but what they just want to do is frustrate, 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 frustrate Porto to the, to the point where... You just have to survive one or two moments. Thankfully for us, those one or two moments, like you said, came right at the end, which yes. gave us high drama. But and that was when I was already checked out of Man City, yeah. which was perfect. Well, it worked I th- out perfect. I think a lot of us were checked. If you weren't a City fan, a lot of us were checked out of City after the second Holland goal. And then we go right. back and we go, he has five? Yeah. Yeah, he had five and they had one seven. One of those. One of those. But we do have... The best, one, the best player on the pitch wasn't even Holland either. Right. It, it was it KDB, was, who was amazing. Who was uh, his usual self, but... Holland gets all the headlines, deservedly. So we had the draw in the wee hours yesterday morning. So this is now the quarterfinals, and this is the first round where teams from the same league are allowed to play yes. each other. Yes, and we also get the bracket. So we, we exactly. there are no more draws. We know what it will be. You've got on one half, Benfica will match up with Inter, and then AC Milan will take on Napoli. The winners of those two will meet up in the semifinal. So that thing is so wide open on that side, isn't it? I mean, Napoli looked I like mean, the favorite. I was. It, it looks wide open. I really still. I think we're getting a Napoli Benfica semi, which I think is just going to be electric. Both on the fact of it's yeah. it's not who you would have typically said, "Hey, take that that team to the semis at the start of it," and to have two of those teams there, that would be fun. Now it's electric for everyone that's not sitting in this room because mm-hmm. the other side of the draw not so fun. City drew Bayern. Thoughts? 
Um, for me, that's I, the two best teams in the competition. I I don't know, man. Napoli have been really good this year, and they've been really good in this competition. They've been really good in this competition. Definitely two of the top three. Um, I I don't like City's chances of winning the title because you've got to go through them and then Real Madrid or yeah, Chelsea. It's it's Madrid and Chelsea on the other side, which will actually be a, kind of a fun. Oh, we have a goal! Boom! We have a goal! Pedro Porro. That was for Tottenham Hotspur. Like that, that I can't hear it, but just his facial expression. That looked like a blood curling scream right, right, in celebration right. from Pedro Porro. I really like these Spurs. You guys are like a full thirty seconds ahead of me. Really? Yeah. Like I literally just saw that goal. It was a nice goal. Wasn't yeah, it? It, was. it was a good goal. It was a nice goal. It was a good goal. Spurs up one nil on Southampton. That happened. They had seven minutes of stoppage time there because there was an injury. In the yeah, first half, that so. happens right at the beginning of stoppage time. So the dream way to go into half if you're Spurs, an absolute nightmare for Southampton. What are Southampton doing defensively? Uh, watching. There they, is nobody on that side of the pitch. Ball watching is what's happening. Holy cow, that's, that's bad. A, that's a Conte special. Wing back gives you width. Uh, the op- opponent totally forgets about the other just half of the pitch and a nice composed finish kissed off the underside of the yeah, crossbar from was, our uh, friend Pedro Paul. It was beautiful. Don't have the angle, just belt it as hard as you can right at the underside of the crossbar. That's what he did. It works. It works. Uh, that last draw back in the Champions League, Madrid-Chelsea. Again, this will be kind of fun. The last th- This will be three years running. First, it's first leg at Madrid um, or is I, it at Chelsea? I think it's in Madrid. Let okay. me double check. But uh, yeah, this is the third straight year that Madrid and Chelsea have met up in the knockout round two years ago. Chelsea had a really big comeback in the second leg to go through to the final. Last season, Chelsea fell way behind in the first leg and again had a really fun second leg, but it wasn't enough. So uh, Madrid obviously informed the better team, but those two teams have had some pretty fun matchups. Outside of the fact that uh, it looks like Napoli kind of have the cakewalk, if there is one left, any big thoughts with that? Because, like you said, well, uh, Italy that, are almost guaranteed to have a team in the final yeah, too. I uh, mean, Benfica is the only team that can keep a Serie A club from getting into the final, which is just disgusting. Because that is a, the, the it's only a pathetic thing, league that doesn't deserve that kind of. Game I agree, but listen, unless it's Napoli, listen, uh, they've they've taken care of business. AC Milan knocking out Tottenham. That's well, that's the third or fourth best team in the in Syria. Probably fourth best team, knocking out the fourth best team in the Premier League right now. Fair. I, so I, going, I'm with you though. I agree. Spurs and Porto's not. I exactly agree with you. Murderers row for the Milan club. No, I, I to, agree with you. But, but I would I would just say that's this. That's how the I, knockouts go. I do think uh, the one thing I was hoping for was an Inter and AC Milan matchup. Yes, that just well, to just to kind of see the fan bases go crazy over that. The one thing I was hoping for was Chelsea and Inter to line up so that. Yeah, almost cost. Uh, so that Lukaku would be on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And he would. Uh, it would have been an, a warm welcome back to Stamford Bridge for Chelsea's owner Romelu Lukaku. What I wanted was Napoli and Real Madrid because I think those fun. are the two yeah. the two biggest threats to Manchester City. So I wanted them to match up against each other. Instead, Napoli gets on their side of the bracket and, by themselves. The City's got to go through Real Madrid, and they get Bayern Munich. And it'll just be a ton of fun. It'll be a ton of fun. And I we, don't know. We, Bayern, and we Munich, know that- Bayern Munich are interesting because. We know that Pep matches up well against Chelsea in the Champions League if that happens. So, yeah, and City, City, the last time they played Bayern Munich in this part of the of the uh, competition, defeated them in the two-legged tie. So, it's you know they have recent history over them, 
And I do think City are the better side. Yeah, but for sure. It's two matches, right? Yeah, anything can happen. It's two matches that can happen, and that's why we love the Champions League. Uh, on the Europa League side of things, the draw came out. United, Manchester United get Sevilla. Sporting and Juve. Wait. Hold on. I don't see Arsenal in the draw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. because Arsenal... Got a little bit of that Tottenham DNA in them this week. They Pedro Goncalves. Yeah, Goncalves. He, he slapped an absolute worldie in. Have Arsenal. you seen this goal yet, Goldfish? That Pedro Goncalves scored. How do we say it? Goncalves. Yeah, I. Your guess is good. G O N C A L V E S. Look it up. It was worth the worth the view. So again, what they, we call a worldie. Arsenal, who are currently pacing the Premier League, you would have thought they're the they're the just most unbelievable club to ever play based off the narrative surrounding them. Are in the Europa League. They get Gabby Jesus back. He's healthy. That should be coast mode. Basically, a Premier League team is battered through the Europa League uh, more times than not out of the last five years. Arsenal, oh my gosh. You know, Sporting get a man sent off. You think that this is done and dusted at the Emirates until the Gunners gunner it up. Yeah, and listen, Arsenal, now now you're on the Premier League or it's a trophyless season. Yeah. You know, so. And so it's really interesting. It, it was. Went to pens. Arsenal don't go through. It was a really, for Arsenal, gut-wrenching kind of way to, to lose that. And so that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. A bunch of my friends are split. So I'm curious to see how you uh, take this. Because when I was, as I was watching that game here in studio and kind of uh, it, it was concluding, my initial thought was, well, congrats to Arsenal. City have way bigger things to play for, which is the Champions League. That That's the trophy that is missing, right, for, for Pep and City. Arsenal, now they only have one thing. If they don't win the Premier League, coming into the year, if Arsenal had fought, 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 and finished second, it would have been a huge, grand, oh my gosh, look at this. So is that like the uh, Steph Curry equivalent? <laughs> yeah, Steph yeah, Curry against much. the Thunder, yeah. No, pretty okay. much. From way downtown right. Bang, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, now, Arsenal, having led all this way, if Arsenal finish second, don't win the title, it's a missed opportunity. It, no it, doubt. It is no longer a good feelings, all, all that. It becomes a, you choked. It was a bottle job. For me, my initial thought was, well, great. Arsenal have just been hated the Premier League title. That sucks. A bunch of my buddies, though, think that this will be a big mental blow to Arsenal. Where did you kind of fall on that? In I hope your buddies are right. I think you're right, though. Um, I th- Well, I think it depends. If we look up on April the 18th and Man City have been knocked out of Champions League, then what? You know, if Man City right. if Man City fall today, then Arsenal get what a two week head start basically. Basically, just... if Man City fall today to Burnley in the FA Cup, then what? You know, like then then it's kind of back to square one for both of them. If if what we think will happen does happen, which is Man City progresses to the semifinals and then maybe to the finals of the Champions League, then yeah, I do think this does give Arsenal a leg up on winning the Premier League title. But but also, I think for that to be true, you need to see them respond this weekend and in the next couple matches. If if that leads to losing points against, like, I don't even know who they have next. Well, they've got Palace tomorrow. And so I was going to say, regardless... New of, manager bump! Regardless of what happens in that match, I guarantee that result, whether good or bad for Arsenal, will be blown way out of proportion. Yeah, new manager bump. I right. love it. If, if Arsenal win that, it's the... It's over. They only have one thing to focus on, all this. If they draw or lose, like it, it's literally black and white, either or. If Arsenal drop points, it becomes the whisper's going to creep in. It's a really young squad. They've won nothing. Arteta has won nothing. 
Arsenal, the club, have won nothing. They totally collapsed and bottled it last year in the top four run-in. Now they've got City Brent. Like, that's going to be the narrative surrounding that club for the next couple of weeks. So it's a pivotal, pivotal day tomorrow for Arsenal. Uh, the only other Premier League fixture we have, we've got that one tomorrow. Chelsea and Everton play the late game today. That's a lose-lose for me. Uh, good things happen. Congrats. You want a cookie? It's Everton. Bad things happen. And all the good vibes from Potter winning literally two matches because that's how bad Potter has been, that he wins two matches and suddenly life is good at Chelsea again. It's all run away. You have any overarching thoughts on that? I I can't imagine. It's, um, it's not a sexy one. No, no, not really. No, I mean, to me, the FA Cup is kind of where my attention is this week. Obviously, with as a Man City fan, the cool story today, 1245, uh, Vincent Company coming back to the Eddie Had leading Burnley. I do want to ask you, because this has been a talking point among City fans this week, and I think it's not just a Man City topic. It's a topic in general that I think a lot of teams deal with. Uh Arsenal are dealing with this right now. You had Frank Lampard as a manager. There's talk in Man City circles like, hey, the job Vincent Company's doing with Burnley, whenever Pep does decide he's done, Company's got to be the automatic replacement, right, with the well, job he's done at Burnley. Yes, uh, assuming that like Burnley don't just totally careen into the abyss next year. Sure. And I think that it's also even more encouraging for City fans because it's coming from a better spot of um, right now Arteta's the best example of this. Because of where Arsenal are in the, in the fantastic job. I I know I was pretty derogatory, but that's the Chelsea coming out. They've done a fantastic job. They've been a joy to watch, truly, all year long. And that was him basically doing, how many years was he under Pep at, at City? I think three. Yeah, and so doing the apprenticeship there, that's where you go, okay, he hadn't proved it at the top level or any level, but three years under Pep, you figure he'd learned something. The other side of that was Frank Lampard, who had literally had a season at Derby, where he was fine for their expectations. And then the the real reason he got the Chelsea jobs because they were in a transfer ban. There was not a great just synergy between Maurizio Sarri and the board. And he was just basically like the, we're going to throw a Band-Aid on it because the club thought it was going to be a awful. A Band-Aid on it that the fans will be okay yeah, with and because the fan, he's a club legend. Yeah, and it'll yeah. basically, he'll have a season of goodwill because they're playing academy. And they have, they just stumbled their way into top four. You know what I mean? And so... So the argument on company is, while well, he's never been an assistant, right? He went but, straight from playing to managing at Anderlecht and then to Burnley. Uh, he's going to win the championship. That For me, what he's done at Burnley is a better starting point than Arteta right, or Lampard. Because right. he didn't have to do the apprenticeship under Pep because he played for Pep. Right. right. Real quick, halftime of all the matches going on right now. Two home teams ahead. Aston Villa lead Bournemouth 1-0. Brentford lead Leicester 1-0. Two road teams in the lead is... Tottenham lead at Southampton 1-0, and the other one leads leading at Wolves 1-0 as well. Um, City, City and Burnley, 12.45 today on ESPN+. Plus. Yep. If you're not listening right now and you're listening back to this, great job by City firing through. Or, Hell yeah. What a performance wow. by Burnley to Vincent, force a replay. Vincent Company. Or do we have replays or we pass replays Vincent now? Company absolutely is the next manager at City. Just signed the yeah. contract. All that fun stuff. It is interesting, though, because... The fans always are okay with the ex-player coming back, but it doesn't always work out great, right? right? I mean, they're like Kenny Dalglish, for example. It didn't end well right. his his last run at Liverpool, right? I mean, uh, there was good and bad in his managerial career. It doesn't always work out, and even it it's not always for the long term. Ole was fine initially at United, mm-hmm. and then the more and more he managed, the more and more we found out he's just a PE teacher who right. played soccer. That's right, literally, exactly. that's literally all he was. Uh, Sunday, 
I love the Sunday slate in the FA Cup. So first off, Sheffield and Blackburn, you're either going to get a lower league team through, right? A non-premier league is nailed on going through. That's always a ton of fun. And whether it's Brighton or Grimsby Town, Brighton would be a great story as far as a, a club arriving in the mid-table, withstanding having their manager sniped. Oh, my gosh, they're actually playing better now, scoring more goals with a trophy to win, and they're not going to fear. Like, they've played well against United. They've played well against City. They're not going to fear anyone left in that. The flip side of that, Grimsby Town, you have another magical cup run. Like, there are no losers there. And then United and Fulham, those are two, again, Fulham kind of similar to Brighton. United, if they're trucking along, they can have saved what was a a pretty bad patch after winning the Carabao Cup, and and they could suddenly be on for a double. A lot of intrigue, I think, in every single match on Sunday in the FA Cup. No doubt. It should be fun, and I think we are all Grimsby Towners, right? Yes. We are all Grimsby Towners in this one. I really, uh, really, whoever wins that fixture, like if you're, if your club is not still in the FA Cup, whoever wins between, like, I, th- I find Brighton to be very likable. Yeah. Grimsby Town would be a ton of fun. Uh, I, I think that whoever wins that, there's going to be a lot of favor carried through to the next round. Before we get out of here, can I play you my favorite audio of the week? Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you saw this or not, but we've always talked about how Pep Guardiola is a lot like Jose Mourinho in his sarcasm, right? Yes. Even though he delivers it in a different way. Jose is way more deadpan. Guardiola is way more like uh, he remonstrates a lot. Like he, yes. he has a lot of emotion and he really moves a whole lot. Jose just kind of stands there and looks dead faced into the camera. Jose is sarcastic. Who? Is being investigated by Roma for booing an inter player at an under 14s match between <laughs> Which those is two. Great. Here, so here I is, love him. I love here that. Here is uh, Pep Guardiola when asked about if he is a failure if he doesn't win the Champions League. I don't know if you saw this or not, but this is great audio. I'm a failure in the Champions League. <laughs> so don't worry. Listen, I'm going to, 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 to explain a secret. So whatever happened this year in Champions League, winning. Uh, even if I win this Champions League, we win this Champions League, we win this Champions League. In three Champions League in a row, I will be a failure. I'm going to tell you something. I have three idols in my life. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Julia Roberts. Okay? These are my three idols. So for obvious reasons, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods is not it, and Julia Roberts as well. So Julia Roberts years ago came to Manchester. Not in 1890 with Alex win the titles, titles, and titles, and titles. Came in the period like we were better than United this four or five years, huh? And he went to visit Man United. He, she didn't come to see us. So that's why this is, even if even I win the Champions League, will not be compared for the fact that Julia Roberts came to Manchester, they don't come to see us. So my idol. So that's why whatever happened, even I win the Champions League, will be compared for the disappointment I had. So that you have to know it. I don't know how much you guys understood of that, but he basically said, I have three idols in life, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts came to Manchester, not when Man United were winning titles, when we were better, and she went to go visit Man United, and it crushed me, is what he said. So I'm always a failure because Julia Roberts didn't come visit. Not only America's sweetheart, but Europe's sweetheart as well. I appreciated the fact that he he had gotten to like, okay, Tiger... And Michael Jordan <laughs> idols for obvious reasons. And then Julie Roberts, and he thought that he was going to give you the explanation. He didn't explain it. He's like, nope, she's my idol. And she did not come right. to That's visit. Right. Hey, guess what? Julie Roberts has not visited the soccer show yet either. So no, the three she of hasn't. us are failures, though we had a ton of fun. So much fun that we look up. This happens every week. I look up and I can't believe the hour is already gone. But we have to get out of here. 
there's a great clip also, if you check it out on Twitter, from uh, Antonio Conte. He also talks about how he also has met Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> so Guardiola has got to get a meeting with Julia Roberts soon. we got to make that happen. Well, uh, that's... Uh, Maybe she, Julia Roberts is actually opposed to success in the Champions League because it's been a decade since Conte's right, had right. any of that. And Julia Roberts is like, I would like to meet Antonio Conte. That's what we will effort between now and next Saturday. We will keep you in the loop on if either Todd or I meet Julia Roberts. But until then, tell your friends about the show. That is truly the most humbling thing is when uh, I, I talk to a couple of people and they talk about sharing the show. Uh, it's really, really incredible. So keep sharing that. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Saturday, same time, 10 to 11. Ryan Walters listens to us in his car. You didn't know that, did he you? He does. He does. <laughs> he also has a ranking. He he, he uh, put the Champions He's League got a whiteboard. on yeah, his whiteboard. Exactly. Yeah, so it's great. The bracket, it's perfect. It is perfect. Uh, not a friend of the show, but you know what? We'll take all the listeners we can Maybe get. Maybe he is. I don't care. If he listens. He's my friend. Well, before we get into any more trouble, I hope that your team wins. <laughs> I hope that the rest of your uh, rivals are embarrassed as uh, much as he they can be over the next couple of weeks. We'll Thank talk you, to you, Oklahoma City FC, the Broadway Clinic. We'll talk to you next <laughs> we'll week. Love you, Goldfish. Next, we'll talk to you at 10. See ya.